Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Encouragers United podcast for this week. You know, I want to continue this series that I call the All Around Leaders series. All Around Leaders wear lots of different hats, right? And I'm going to take you back to the days when I used to compete and then coach the decathlon. A test of all-around athletic ability. We see it uh, each year when the Olympics come around. But it is an awesome event, and it has a lot of life lessons that I learned that I'd like to share with you. About two weeks ago, we did the first in this series. It's based on the 100-meter sprint. And so if you've not listened to that yet, that would be great for you to go back and check that out. But the 100-meter sprint was an all-out race to the finish, right? Human drag racing. And the long jump demands a much more controlled and a much more consistent consistent run. The participant certainly sprints down a runway and leaps off a common spot we call the board, right? Flying through the air and landing as far as possible into a pit of sand. In the decathlon, we only had three attempts, so we had to make every attempt count. It is a sprint, but it's a calculated and choreographed sprint down the runway. We used to use a term called maximum controllable speed. You may have had this experience before. Have you ever tried to jump if you were running all out 100%? Your takeoff angle would be way too flat if you were running as fast as you possibly could, right? And you wouldn't go very far. But yet, if you didn't have enough speed coming down the runway, you might jump right straight up in the air and come right straight back down. So that wouldn't give you the distance either. The event demands that the jumper blend that, that they have maximum controllable speed, jump off at that ideal. 45 degree angle, fly through the air, and land properly to produce the longest jump possible. It's an awesome event. It's really a lot of fun to watch, and it was really exciting to compete in it. Wherever you first touch the sand, we measure back to that takeoff spot, and everybody was measured the same. It's really a very complex and difficult event. It appears to be quite simple when you watch someone do it, but it's not as easy as it looks. At the highest levels in the world, the men's Olympic long jumpers have attained 27, 28, 29 feet jumps, right? And the great Mike Powell, the United States world record holder, jumped 8.95 meters or 29 feet, two and a half inches for the world record. It's really amazing to see. And you can actually see that jump on YouTube if you look it up. Mike Powell, long jump, world record. You know, there's three main aspects or three main parts to the long jump. And, and there are three corresponding life lessons that I'd like to teach you. I usually used to break the event down into these three parts. Part one was the run up, right? The approach. Part two was the takeoff, the jump right at that takeoff board. And then third was the flight and the landing, right? Everything we do has to work together sequentially for us to have a successful long jump. The first part that I'd like to talk to you about was to master your own approach. The run up or the approach is all about rhythm and about acceleration. And I used to think about a freight train when I'd run down the runway, takes off slowly from a spot, then rhythmically chug, 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 gets going faster and faster as it gains momentum and velocity, right? A jumper would usually measure their run-up in the number of strides or steps that they're going to take down the runway. I personally used to use an eight left or 16 step approach. 
The distance from the takeoff board where I was going to jump from was usually pretty consistent as long as I practiced it every single day so that he knew exactly where I was going to be when I hit that takeoff board. Now I could make adjustments for fatigue if I was a little tired or if I had a, a wind blowing in my face or behind me. And But for the most part, it was a measurement that I had planned out for my body type and for my speed and for my strength. With lots of practice, I knew exactly where I needed to start so that I would be at that takeoff board on the right foot at the right time. I needed to know exactly what my own personal plan was going to be. I could always make adjustments, but I needed to be a master of my own approach, personal to me. And the approach was very personal to the athlete rooted in their body size and my speed and how I felt that day. It's exactly like your challenge in leadership, right? You must know who you are and you are going to tackle a task in a certain way. You have to know your approach. Just like days practicing the runway approaches, they're hard and boring and time consuming. So is the hard work that we need to do to know ourselves well enough and to have a well-devised plan based on our gifts and talents to lead the best that we can. Do you know your strengths and weaknesses? Are you a master of how you're going to tackle a problem and what your strengths are? And if you can create and execute a consistent and accelerating approach to problems, the next part of the event are really easy. But without that great approach, without that knowledge, your jump is absolutely doomed. I've had coach kids and students that came up with the wrong foot, they couldn't take off, they often, you know, crossed the line and were fouled. And if we don't have a plan, we don't know our approach, then we won't know how to work the plan and we won't be able to execute the jump very well. The second part of the long jump is the attack, right? The takeoff point. And at that takeoff moment, we need to attack the horizon. That's what I used to say. A great takeoff is set up by a great approach, right? And in the long jump, your trajectory is often following where you're focusing. And what I mean is, is that if you're looking down at the ground, then that's kind of where you're going to jump, right down into the ground. And then likewise, if you're looking right straight up into the sky, that's probably uh, going to make you jump too high, right? And so you don't want to jump too low or too high. But what I used to do is coach students to jump and attack the horizon, that sort of visual point where the land meets the sky. And focusing on that point way into the future, so to speak, is the best practice to jump as far as possible. Yearning for the distance starts with fixing our eyes on the point and attack the horizon. Does that sound like a great practice in leadership also? Of course, focusing on our personal and your organizational horizon will absolutely be necessary for you to execute what you have in front of you. Looking down, being consumed with the day-to-day minutiae or the problems and the hard, hardship that you have in front of you. That's what you're going to focus on. That's going to be problematic. Leadership also can't be staring up into the sky with these um, goals and aspirations that are you know, uh, unreasonable. Leadership does the hard work to find the proper trajectory and to attain the best possible result. And you're going to do that by keeping your eye and attacking the horizon.
You know, another part of the jump that I really used to love that was a part of this takeoff is I used to say, don't cross that line, right? There's a very critical place in the long jump that I want you to understand. It represents the standard that every jump will be measured, right? It's the takeoff board and the very edge of that front takeoff board is usually only a space about a quarter inch wide and no jumper is allowed to touch the track surface beyond that line. You'll see a specific judge sitting by the long jump board in the competition and he or she is assigned to watch that board like a hawk, right? And every time a jumper comes down and they jump off the board, that uh, official is there to mark and to judge whether they cross the line or not. And they had that uh, cliche flag, right? Red for a foul or white for a good jump. And if you cross that line as a jumper, just even by a hair, you got the red flag and your attempt was null and void. Zero points and basically a waste of good calories. That's what I used to say. You know, in our lives, likewise, there are written as well as unwritten laws of conduct. Just like in the long jump, there are lines that we just cannot cross. Physical, legal, ethical, moral, spiritual, relational lines, right? There is a code of conduct that we have to have and for ourselves and for our leadership. If we cross one of those lines, we foul. And we at least set ourselves back and quite possibly could disqualify ourselves from being in leadership altogether. Here's a pretty easy example of that from my life. For 11 wonderful years, I coached young men and women uh, in, who were student athletes at the university college level. And I'm a father of three daughters myself. And I understood that these formative years for college students are very, they're very impressionable, right? They're sensitive. They're trying to figure out who they are and what their purposes were in life. But I made it a practice to never be alone with students, generally, especially the female students, when I was in my office by ourselves, right? I would have my door wide open. I would have someone accessible, or in some cases, I would invite an assistant coach to come along and have the meeting with me. When I became a lead administrator for our entire department, I specifically requested that we put windows in all of the coaches doors, right in right into the door so that anyone would have access uh, to look in and see what was going on in that. Uh, my staff, you know, we never put ourselves into any position to cross a line with personal integrity or relationships with anyone that we were working with. And even today, as a Christian pastor and a mentor to young people, people of all ages, I refuse to meet with anyone by myself, especially those of the opposite gender, for any time, really, for any reason. No meetings, no meals alone, no riding in the car by ourselves. And, you know, I've set that as a hard line, but that's like that long jump line. And it served me quite well in my career. You too must set those hard and fast lines in your life as to how you're going to conduct your leadership. I encourage you to take inventory of your responsibilities as a leader in your organization and then name those lines for your organization that you just won't cross. Commit yourself to never cross those lines and don't commit those fouls in your life. The last phase, right? We've run down the runway. We've mastered our approach. We've attacked the horizon. We've not crossed the line. 
and now we need to not be afraid to get dirty. That's the final and last lesson that I would like to teach as a result of the long jump. Don't be afraid to get dirty. As the long jumper powerfully takes off from the board, rises and seemingly walks through the air during their flight, then there's this very violent and active landing phase where the sand flies all over the place, right? You'll see it if you watch. Excellent long jumpers reach forward and in the seated position and they push everything they have to land, stretching out and landing practically on their side sometimes. I used to throw myself into the landing and you know what? I would get sand everywhere in my shoes and in my socks in my shirt and in my shorts i used to come up and have you know sand in my nose and inside my ears and all over my hair it was miserable especially on those cold midwestern michigan days when it was raining trying to long jump but i realized that if i actually committed everything to the to the finish of this jump i would gain an extra four six eight 10 inches just to the jump distance and I would beat my opponents because they didn't actually want to get that dirty. So that's the life lesson. It applies to how we lead people, right? Are you willing to throw yourself into the project to get your hands dirty and not to hesitate to, to roll your sleeves up working for every single last ounce of excellence in your organization? I hope you are, because that's truly the distant, the difference for many organizations. Customer service, retail, manufacturing, almost any marketplace we can think of has its version of extraordinary effort and extraordinary leadership, which produces a championship culture. And they're all willing to sacrifice perhaps their comfort, their composure, and their status to get the best possible result. I use two key quotes with my athletes. One was by Thomas Edison, this great inventor, and he was an entrepreneur. And he said, you know, opportunity is often missed because it shows up dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. That was a great quote that I used to say. Opportunity is often missed because it shows up dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. And you know what? Another quote that I want to inspire you with today was a quote that I myself wrote when I was a coach. I made up this simple quote and put it on a card in the locker room for all of our students to see every day when they came in and out. It says this, hard work reveals a lot about a person. Some people turn up their sleeves, some people turn up their noses, and some people don't turn up at all. <laughs> The long jump is an exciting and an exhausting challenge, but it's just like leadership. And you need to remember these key lessons to be the best leader that you can. Know your approach and master it. Attack the horizon and set the trajectory of your, inst of your organization. Don't cross that line when you take off, right? And number four, don't be afraid to get dirty right? You'll be able to lead your team to an outstanding and high-flying success if you implement these simple lessons. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope that it inspires you and it is helpful as you encourage your people and yourself to tackle all that you have in front of you. Thanks for listening. I need a favor from you. I would love for you to subscribe to this show and also leave a comment and a rating for the podcast on the platform that you're listening to it. 
Share this with someone. Spread the word. Let everyone know that there is a high-energy, positive podcast that high-energy, positive people need. And you can also email me questions, comments, show ideas, even some suggestions to make this show better. Please let me know. I appreciate and read every single comment and email. You can also connect with optimistic, enthusiastic leaders from all over the world by joining the Encouragers United group on Facebook, read my blog, and view some of my worship music resources on my website, charlesrgrimes.com.